So hello and welcome back to the Chantilly podcast as we look ahead to the Galway Festival and joined on the podcast by Mr. Thomas Coyle, trainer from Rays from Batterstown County Mead and Ronan Groom from the Irish Field. Thomas, we have a bit of National Hunt action once again. Thank God, lads. Thank God. The pressure is <laughs> off and a bit on from the flat horses. But uh, yeah, no, it's great. Great week. Um, pity it's not like a normal week in Galway. I'd say we'd probably be doing well to have Ronan Groom here with us probably Monday um, if it was all normal. But um, look, it's great that racing's on and uh, hopefully we can pick a few winners. Yeah, I was just going to say, based on, on, on Ronan Groom's tweet earlier on, I'd say this time last year he was just checking himself into the Radisson Hotel. Of course, how times have changed, Ronan Groom. Now a taken man. <laughs> yeah, no, this morning I, I just got up and, you know, it was a typical Monday morning. And it's the same Monday morning we've had for the last three months where you just, you roll out of bed and turn the laptop on. And it's the same old process again. And I was just thinking, Jesus, wouldn't it be great to be loading the car up and heading down to Gold. And I was tweeting from the heart this morning. But, uh, yeah, I'd love to be going down. It's a great meeting. It's my favourite Irish meeting uh, of the whole year. But sure, look, listen, please, God, we'll be going down next year. Absolutely. Listen, sure, it's still Galway. We have a great podcast lined up today. We'll hear from Tony Martin later on, of course, who runs last year's winner, Tudor City, in the Galway Hurdle, which is the feature on the Thursday, lads. But let's, let's kick things off on, on, on Tuesday, which is tomorrow as we're recording. The 6.45 at Galway, of course, is the Column Quinn BMW running groom, Galway Mile, Heritage Handicap. I suppose I'll let you maybe dissect this one. Yeah, it's uh, it's a it's a brilliant handicap. It's probably one of the most competitive handicaps of the year, and it's it's a great watch. You know, um, it's it's eighteen runners, and they they fly around the bend there, and they come down the hill, and it's all about position and tactics. And usually, the draw is quite important. And a lot of the fancied runners, I think, are up high this year, um, which could be a bit of a worry. Now, draw in recent years hasn't been a huge barrier to the likes of Riven Knight, who won from 18 in 2018, and Saltonstall even last year came from 14. But it would put you off some of the ones that I had earmarked. Like, I really like Helvick Dream for Noel Mead, and I think it's really interesting that Colin Keane is riding them, and he's installed, but he's installed 20, which is a, is a huge problem. And he does have Galway form, and, and I think coming back to a mile is a huge plus for him. And the fact that he's a three-year-old, I don't think is a huge thing, even though three-year-olds haven't won the race uh, a lot in recent years. But they have, you know, finished second and third. So I wouldn't be put off by that. The big thing with him is the draw. He's out in 20, which is going to need all of Colin Keane's uh, magic, I suppose, to get him involved from here. Of the ones that were drawn uh, lower, Barry, uh, I thought were in the most I thought were interesting, I guess, were Torrin Shaman for Jessica Harrington and Shane Foley um, and Big Baby Bull for Dennis Hogan. Uh, Torren Shaman won at the at the Galway Festival last year. He's a course and distance winner, and I think he's coming here off the third third of Cork to Nebo, off an unchanged mark. He's unexposed. He's got course and distance form. Shane Foley and Jessica Harrington couldn't be in better form since racing resumed. I think he, he kind of speaks for himself. Uh, the chance there. He's drawn an ace, which is fine. Uh, and Big Baby Bull is another interesting one for Dennis Hogan, another British British bought horse. Probably not as noteworthy as the likes of Skeptical and Make a Challenge, but uh, a, a, a sharp purchase nonetheless. And he won a big handicap at the Curra the last day. I think he he has a bit more improvement in him, and he's in 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 uh, stall six, which is fine. And just one other, I give you Barry just to to note. Uh, I'm going to go with Torrent Shaman as my selection in the race, but I thought on a session 
would would run as well would run quite well as well. He ran second, uh, closing in second in the in the big Sunday handicap of Galway last year. He was just closing in on laugh if you want. Uh, I think they'd probably have this race in mind for him for a long time. Um, coming up a furlong to this mile, he's drawn okay in four. Shane Cross is riding that for uh, Aidan Fogarty, and I thought he could run well at, at probably a double figure price. But Torrin Shaman would be my my main selection. Yeah, Thomas, Roland's just after mention, obviously, the draw. That was one of the notes I had down just for the race that, as Roland said, like a lot of the fancy ones are drawn wide. Roland also mentioned Helvick Dream. Yeah, I have to say, he was the one that interested me. And look, if there's any man, I suppose, capable of winning winning this from, from Stall 20, it would be it would be Colin Keane, you know, as... as you know, he probably is going to be dropped in. I just thought after after Gorn, Gorn after Zunak Gorn, uh, for for uh, Noel Mead, he was behind protagonist who, who who's who's come out and won since. Um, you know, he was a really progressive horse for for Jessica Harrington. Um, but I didn't think he looked totally exposed. Elvic Dream, and he's already won on soft ground, likely raced. I thought, you know, Big Baby Bull has obviously gone up in the weights. Tarn Shannon. It seems as though he's had a couple of opportunities off of, off off his current mark, and like Thomas, did you did you have an, an opinion on on, on 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 a strong opinion on this one? Yeah, I'd agree. Helvick Dream, uh, even the last day, I think it was heavy ground in Roscommon when he was third in the listed race. Um, so look, ground probably not going to be a problem, but it is that car park draw which isn't going to suit him. Mm. Um, for me, I, I like Big Baby Bull. He he's beaten another rival today of a current option the last day. And I think another horse was back in third that the two U's were flagging up the last time I was on, Tommy Taylor. Um, he was back in third. For me, Joey Sheridan, for a five-point claimer, is doing absolutely nothing wrong. Anthony Rise nearly seems to be winning. He just got touched off there now in another race there. Um, his five-pound is worth, worth his weight in gold. Um, Dennis's horses continue to be in great form. Um, maybe just a few of the bigger price ones. Um, Magnetic North ran a super race in the it was a premier handicap in Navan the last day. Uh, led all the way, probably just didn't see it out. Is stepping back and trip. He's got an all right draw. He's uh, drawn in around the middle. Um, Robbie Colgan obviously can't do the weight, so Rory Cleary uh, is in there off eight nine, which is as good a substitute as you can get. And just one other one I had picked out. Oh, yeah, um, another one of Jessica Harrington's, even though she has the favour, is um, Only Human. He's locally owned by uh, lads in Leak Slip and that. But um, the one thing about this horse, all his best form is on softer ground. Um, he's run some nice races lately. He was fifth in a good handicap up the Curra. But um, he's much better with a dig. And I think he's a plum draw in two or three. Um, Scott McCullough rides, uh, takes another £5 off. So uh, at a bigger price, he could be one. He's he's always in these big handicaps, and um, he's there for a reason. He's up near top weight, but I think £5, good draw, and uh, if you get another bit of rain, he could be one that has a, a small each way squeeze. <coughs> Coming on to Wednesday, the 6.45 once again, which is the feature on the Wednesday, the, the Tote Galway plate, uh, grade over two miles and six furlongs. 22 runners... Ground expected to be to be to be after coming back on the good side. Good to good to yielding expected for Wednesday. Um, show a bet in Galvin six to one. Uh, bit of support for him for 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 Gordon Elliott and Davy Russell. Early doors eight to one. Easy game eight to one. Peregrine run eight to one. Ryan Rendezvous the choice of course of Paul Townend. Bit of support from him nine to one from fourteens. Uh, Spyglass Hill tens. Snugsbury Penny twelves. And it is fourteen to one. Bar the rest. Um, yeah, Galvin. 
I thought was unlucky not to win at Cheltenham, Tom. Uh, he's gone up eight pounds since that comes in here off one forty eight. I would. He's probably a worthy favourite, is he at this at this stage? I is look and 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 Davy has opted for him. Um, well, probably his hand is probably drawn at the weights anyway. But um, yeah, look, he was good and he was he was good. He's had he's had a comeback run under his belt as well in Killarney. Um, he's going to be hard to beat. I think the, the other one of Gordon. His jumping actually, just you mentioned Killarney. Even though he won the last day, I suppose at, at, at Killarney, obviously, and he's had that run under his belt. Just thought his jumping wasn't, especially in a big field now again. Jumped well at Cheltenham, I thought, in, in on the whole, but. Just would that be a, cl- a slight concern? Ah, uh, look, he's he's got his eye in now. Um, after that run, you'd be happy enough. Just, just Gordon's other runner, um, down near the bottom, um, Three Musketeers. He'd be actually my fancy, and um, he's Conor McNamara booked up on this lad. Um, I remember him? He was with Dan Skelton. He won in the Aintree Festival and place like that. He was very unlucky in a messy, a messy finish in Kilbegan in the Midlands National the last day. Um, it got very tight after the last. There was three or four of them in with a chance. I think Russell rode him that day. Um, just maybe with the runner's belt, he's obviously had his problems. He he has breaks from his runs, but um, if they've got a clear <coughs> with him from um from Kilbegan to now, you could see him run the big race off ten five minus Conor McNamara's five. Um, usually as well like the Galway Plate, it's it kind of suits maybe horses, maybe not at the top. <coughs> So remember Clark Ham winning for fish. He'd have had a lightweight. Um, even Bo Reese last year. I think Luke Dempsey done ten stone or ten two. So it is it is interesting to look at maybe maybe down the second half of the handicap for this as well. Ronan Groom, Galway played. Yeah, um, Galvin probably is the right favourite. I mean, I'm not sure if he was unlucky at Cheltenham Barry, but he did meet a very probably a very well handicapped horse in Imperial Aura and the pair of them came clear and he's ran and he's had his eye in as uh, as Thomas said and he has the match fitness on side now so you could make a case for him being shorter but it is as as it always is is a hugely competitive race early doors I mean it just looks he's danger written all over him off that mark of 139 he's a former Cheltenham Festival winner his first time cheek pieces Mark Walsh is going to ride him out of it, you know, had the choice of, of all the McManus runners and, you know, he could be anything off 139 really, but there's no real substance to his chase form, uh, I guess, but you are getting a price, you're getting, you know, his best price 8 to 1 there now, it's not, not a bad price at all. The, the two horses that I thought were you could concretely I'm not even sure if that's the word concretely but you can make concrete evidence of them of them being well handicapped or easy game and Spyglass Hill, uh, easy game, obviously, second, closing in second to Fahin at uh, the Dublin Racing Festival. That was over this sort of trip, two miles and five furlongs. Now, he went on and fell at Cheltenham when he was more or less beaten. But back at this trip, and if you take that line with Fahin, who's now rated 160 after his big run at Cheltenham, uh, easy game is potentially well handicapped off 154. Um Paul Townend's riding Royal Rendezvous. I wouldn't read a huge amount into that. Maybe you know, maybe he had the choice, uh, but I think a lot of times when Patrick rides one for Willie in a big handicap like this, I, I wouldn't be put off by it at all. No. Um, and the other one, Spyglass Hill, obviously beat Milan Native uh, in, in a beginner's uh, back in February, I think it was. And Milan Native obviously hacked up uh, in, the, in the Kim Muir. I think that's possibly very, you know... Y- you can't say for sure. Like a Milan native 
stepped up and tripped for the Kim year, and maybe that was a big part of his his improving. But it's still very good form from from Spyglass Hill to beat him, and Henry de Bromhead has a good record in this race. Uh, and just as as Thomas mentioned, um, a few um, horses down the bottom that you just have to uh, to look at. I think Gordon Elliott is is worth um, looking at here because you have the likes of he's won it three of the last four years in a row, and Three Musketeers was one obviously that Thomas mentioned, and another one I'm just looking for here, the Big Lens. I thought is very interesting for Luke Dempsey again. Obviously, the two com- combining after they did with Barice last year. Uh, the big lens was like this progressive horse last year. He'd won twice and then he unseated his rider in the Munster National and he did get around the next time ago. If you look at his run the last day at uh, Kilbegan, he ran really well. He was fifth. He was just kind of edged out of it uh, late, late in the race there and, and he made a couple of mistakes. But once again, that was a nice little run, prep run into this. And he's down the bottom of the weights around 10 stone one. Um, lightly raced seven-year-olds. I, I could see him running a big race. So in short... Uh, I do like um, Easy Game in Spyglass Hill uh, at the top of the market and one at a bigger price. I, would, I wouldn't I would put anyone off the big lens running a big race for Luke Dempsey and Gordon Elliott again. Ronan Groom, we're going to have to press you for one selection. One selection? <laughs> can I have a, Can I have one at the top? Uh, I'll go with one with uh, Spyglass Hill is, is a nicer price than uh, Easy Game, so I'll go with that. Brilliant, Ronald Groom. Well, you you mentioned my selection for the race, which is early doors. Look at it. I just think everything points in, in the direction of this horse. Uh, you know, six pound, pounds lower on other fences. Um, you know, off, off, off one, three, nine. He has to be soldier fortune horse. Um, four handy enough spins over fences. Um, I suppose Alaho at Fairy House um, was, was probably the most high-profile horse. He, he ran against over fences, but now, obviously, first time in a, up in a, in a chase handicap off 139. Looks completely laid out, I think, uh, to, to, to be fair, and, and has had his prep in the Grimes hurdle as well. Wouldn't be surprised if, 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 if he goes off favoured and, and he is the subject of a, your typical sort of McManus gamble here in the Galway Plate. And I think 8-1 to one seems fair, given... A lot of the rest of them, like Galvin, for me, just question marks about his jumping. Yeah, you actually corrected me and said he wasn't that lucky at 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 Cheltenham. I suppose he did look like the winner for a long time, uh, turning into the straight, but ultimately wasn't good enough on the day. Eight pounds higher. Now, easy game, obviously stepping out a novice company. Peregrine run, obviously has been in good form, um, you know, over, over the summer, but 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 surely surely off off his off his mark. It's it's going to be tough to see him win off of ten stone, uh, sorry eleven stone ten. So for me, at at the, at the top of the market, um, he he is my selection early doors, and uh, not nothing I suppose stood out at a bigger price that that wanted me to tempt me in. So uh, he's my selection at eight to one. Uh, I think he's rock solid. That's early doors. Um, Thursday lads, the what some would probably say the feature of the week, the the Guinness Galway Hurdle, Grade A over two miles. Uh, before we, we preview the race, lads, we cut up with Tony Martin earlier on. We mentioned, obviously, he trained three of the last six winners of the Galway Hurdle, which included, obviously, Quick Jack, uh, Thomas Edison, and Tudor City last year, who represents him again this year. So we'll hear from Tony and then come back and discuss the race. Tony, we'll start with, with the feature of the week, the Galway Hurdle. Uh, you've won in three of the last six renewals. Tudor City, of course, last year. You've made a bit of a habit of winning it in recent times. Lucky for us. 
brilliant and, and and Tony Tudor City this year he comes in almost 10 pounds I think higher um, and he's now he's now 10 to 1 to win it again but he's had his prep on the flat how confident are you I suppose that he can be on the premises again Tony and, and, and John Breslin, of course, Tudor City's owner. Of course, he, he enjoys the big festivals, Tony. A uh, good supporter of the yard. And listen, Gal- Galway in particular, like John likes a runner there. Another enter belonged to, J- to John is upgraded. Uh, she likes Galway herself, Tony. Yeah. Uh, you say John loves Galway. He's an Irish man out in America Tony, yeah, and and Altac actually, I think I think he'll need one or two to come out, uh, Tony, in, in the Galway Mile. Uh, he he ran just just a couple of days ago. With, with, you wouldn't bet against that with the ground turning up soft, would you? I'd say we'd give it a miss. Uh, we'd see how he is in the morning. He only ran yesterday. He ran well. He was sticking to the curve, but I Tony, noble intention. Um, he's been raised six pounds since his last run on, on, on the flat. Well, since the last time we saw him over hurdles. Um, he's entered up for Thursday over hurdles. Is, is that the plan? Uh, well, the entries were done before he ran on Friday night. And then, uh, no, the right through it. He won't run on Thursday. And uh, Right, Tony. Well, look, I'd like to wish you the very best of luck uh, for the week, and, and and let's hope, of course, you can make it back to back Galway Galway hurdles and a fourth one for yourself in recent times. Tony, thanks very much for coming on the podcast. Yeah, so listen, lads, brilliant to, to catch up with with Tony Martin as he was on his way to Galway actually earlier on today. The six forty five, as we said, at Galway on Thursday. The Guinness Galway hurdle show of betting, lads. Aramon six to one. Winner of the Grimes Hurdle here for, for Willie Mullins. Uh, Felix Deji, 8 to 1. Shanning is 8 to 1. Turnpike Trip for Charles Burns, 8 to 1. Charles Burns also runs Wonderlash for, at 8 to 1 as well. Build Me Up Buttercup, 10 to 1. Canardia, 10 to 1. And it is 12 to 1 bar. The rest. Ronald Groom will come to you first. You dissect the Galway Hurdle. Yeah, uh, obviously, as as competitive as the Galway place, Barry, uh, when you're going six to one the field here, um, Aramon, I can see why he's favourite. He was very impressive last day. He quickened away nicely from um, 
uh, Petit Mouchoir. But you're bet you're basically betting on betting on him being like a champion hurdle standard kind of horse to to go and win this off 155. Like basically betting on him being another Sharjah. and it's obviously Sharjah won last year and he he was. But it's it's easier said than done. And I think I'd rather in a race like this rather rather look away and and find something that's potentially better handicapped. Uh, the two Charles Byrne horses are are very interesting. I know you like one of them, and you can come on to that as well. Wonderlaish. Is is less exposed and has a big handicap win to his name. Uh, I know he was fairly put in his place by Aramon in Tipperary, but it was his first run in, in a huge of of a huge layoff. And if if anyone knows Charles Burns, he knows to target hor- horses at these big handicaps. Um, so there's a fair chance he wasn't right that day. He's got a, a an eleven pound or 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 an eight pound swing in the weights. I think it is uh, with Aramon now, and he's going to strip a lot fitter. So I wouldn't. I wouldn't discount him. And Turnpike Trip is, is possibly the best handicapped horse in the race when you take into account his, his Royal Bond form. You know, he, he finished fourth that day to um, to M by Alan, obviously won at Cheltenham. Abercadabras was second in the Supreme. And then Darby Star was, was obviously third in the Champion Hurdle. Like, that's off a mark of 142. If if he can run close to that sort of level of the Royal Bond, he's, he's going to be bang there. Um, the one I thought was interesting... Um, at a big price was uh, Charlie Parks for Aidan Howard. Obviously a huge reputation when he was with Henderson and uh, just never really delivered. He was triumph hurdle favourite um, the year he came over. And I remember Nicky Henderson absolutely loved him. Thought he was, uh, you know, the next big thing. And he just never got going from... It's interesting that he's with Aidan Howard now. And if you if you go back and watch his his his, his debut for, for the Howard stable, he absolutely hacked up at Leopardstown. Now, there wasn't much hurdles that day, which would be a bit of a worry, but he came up on the bridal for Barry Gerdy, and he went past uh, Jets, I think it was, uh, for Jessica Harrington, who who won next time out, Frank that form, just went by him like he wasn't even there. I think the key to Charlie Parks could be along just the freshness, and that's what he has here. He's coming in here off a 150-day layoff. Clearly always been well-regarded, and maybe it's now that he's with a small yard and, and Aidan Howard who does quite well with these horses for, for JP McManus that he, he can show us through colours. I just thought he was interested in a 20 to one um, off a mark of 144. And uh, that's the one I've, I've backed for the race. Um, and anything else I, I can't really see. I think Diamond Hill has got the Galway form, which could be interesting. Uh, a few of these are engaged in, in other races on the flat as well. Um, so, yeah, for me, Charlie Parks was was the most interesting at the prices. Interesting stuff. Yeah, you you mentioned Charles Burnsar's Turnpike trip. He was the one my selection rolling uh, at eight to one. Listen, he was the subject of a major major gamble uh, for for the Betfair Exchange handicap at Ascot last December, where where not so sleepy went and won that for uh, connections, but. Yeah, look, he ran, he ran a solid enough race that day. But as you said about his novice form, I mean, he's potentially the one horse in here that could be, uh, you know, t- ten pounds well in or more. You know, based on that Royal Bond, Envoy Allen, Darver Star, and Abacadabras all, all, all just just beating him narrow day. And with the two pipe openers as well, you know, he didn't run much of a race in the Grimes Hurdle, but has obviously run since on 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 the flat. So look at I just thought he was the most interesting one here. Charles Burns obviously has two in there, um, but 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 be interesting to see you now with 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 Jockey Buckins as well. But he he was the one I like. Thomas, had you opinion on the Galway Hurdle? Yeah, it's um, it's it's a great race again, like it is always. Um, 
Yeah, I agree with you. Charles Burns, you, you wouldn't mind being a fly in the wall this week down in Charles Burns because uh, whichever one he fancies, you can imagine they're not going to be eight to one a pair mm-hmm. um, come Thursday evening. Um, look, um, Aramon probably, as Roman says, deserves to be favour. Um, has had a nice pipe opener in the Grimes, but um, you've, you've got to mention Felix De- De- Deshi here as well. Um, he's had his he's had his comeback run in Nav and in a qualified riders maiden. He bounced really. <laughs> he he does what he, well he does what he does he bounced out that day and he made all under Jamie Codd. Um, look, yeah, sometimes the the bounce factor is is a thing, but um, look, he, he's a straightforward horse. He's going to bounce out and do it. Look, he's he's a proper Grade One horse. He's beaten Aramon in um, Aintree when he jumped out in front for Jack Kennedy. Um, he he's got. You wouldn't run- want to be. Yeah, you, you wouldn't want to be giving him too much of a lead oh. now, his way of going, yeah. No, definitely not. And, like, he's getting £4 off um, Aramon as well. Like, he, in them grade ones, he was meeting them off level weights and that. Um, so, look, he, he's a proper grade one horse like Aramon in this. Um, so, he has to be taken serious as well. Um, just further on down, um, just mention a few. Canardier was with um, Dermot McLaughlin. I, I wouldn't... Discard, I discard his form figures of F and F. He he went the chasing route. It didn't it didn't take off from that well. Um, he's been taken subsequently. He's been taken from uh, Dermot McLaughlin and Willie Mullins. He had one run in the Coral Cup. Again, I think he fell at the last. I think he was held maybe for fourth or fifth in it. Um, but he, he's a horse that has that that has plenty of ability. Um, if 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 Willie Mullins can eke out a bit more, he he definitely be there there on the premises. Another one, um, Gordon Elliott's horse. I know four year olds probably don't have a great record in this. Is he won the Boodles Hurdle uh, Aramax? Um, he's getting in off a grand weight off ten five. Look, these handicaps. Um, the Boodles is a is a great kind of prep run for this because it's hustle and bustle in that four year old around Cheltenham. It's going to be the exact same here in Galway. He's come. He won very easy that day for um, Barry Rodham that day um mark walsh i think was but your your band of outlaws did the same last year thomas he was second in the galway hurdle after after winning the thing so yeah he's a lovely weight of 10 5 um i couldn't i'd say will mark walsh do that will he i'd imagine he will if he thinks he's gonna win um but um they're just at a a night on charlie parks you think so <laughs> um, but at twelve to one, there he he'd be a nice each way shout. Um, obviously has a bit of class. Um, then obviously you can't forget Tudor City of of Tony's there as well. So it's a it's a great race. So it is. Interesting race. But if you're going to mention two, and, and Roland's going to mention two, she might as well let me mention one as well. Right? It'll be after mentioning the whole field. What about the horse that beat the alley, Thomas, down in? Um, down in Gorham Park and obviously went down then to the booths. I'm not sure if he, he'd line up here, Santa Roo. Um, he, he met a lot of running actually in the Boodles, uh, the same race. Obviously, Aramax went on and won. Is after strengthening up over, over the summer months. Yeah, yeah. look, yeah. He, he'd have a chance, but he'd, he'd want a lot of rain. The time he bet, uh, bet my horse down in Gorham, it was soft, heavy, it was nearly unraceable. So he, he'd want plenty of rain, I, I'd imagine. Um, I don't think his comeback run wasn't great now in... Uh, Ellisham, I think that's where he was ninth. Um, but um, obviously, strip a bit fitter. Gordon's did take most of them. Did take a run, but he, I think he'd want a lot of rain now, Barry, to be to be in this kind of class of a race. Brilliant stuff. Well, come on. So, any other strong fancies for the week across the whole week of Galway? Ronan Groom will come to you. Yeah, I'll just give you one. I did um, Ollie Murphy for the uh, big interview. Um, 
on Saturday for the field and it, it's, it remains to be seen whether he's actually going to bring uh, his horses over. He was talking about the logistics being quite difficult from Britain and all the protocols and so on and so on. Uh, but obviously he's bringing Hunter's call for the for the Galway hurdle. But another horse he was hoping to bring is a horse called Saint Gallen, uh, who used to be trained by Joe Murphy, I think, in here, and he won at the Galway Festival uh, last year. And he uh, and um, Ollie Murphy's done pretty well with him since he's got him. He's won two or three times over hurdles, and uh, I just thought he was interesting. Um, if he Ollie said he's going to run him in a in a two mile handicap maybe later on in the week. Uh, Galway form, as everyone well knows by now, is is huge. Having form over the course and uh, and uh, coming horses often come back uh, year after year and go well again. And St Gallen is one of them. Um, I just thought he was he'd be a, a very strong chance wherever he went. Considering he's improved for for the move to Ollie Murphy and probably would come back here. And if he ran on the flat, he'd probably be well handicapped again. So uh, St Gallen, have a look out for him if if he does indeed make the trip over from uh, Ollie Murphy's yard. Brilliant stuff. Thomas Kyle, does Eddie Cawley have any runners this year? No, and it would be a, a place that Eddie would target a lot, but um, no, just with COVID and that, things just didn't pan out, so he's no runners this week. Um, just one to keep an eye on. Um, it's a Willie Mullins horse on Friday, uh, Rock Road. He was with um, the Bows, and um, he's changed over now to Willie. He won in Kilbegan the last day in a chase. Didn't jump that well and st- still got up to win. Um, he's in a handicap hurdle on the Friday. Um, he's off four pound lower, so I think um, he take a bit of beating if he runs there. Brilliant stuff. Well, we we we've now spoke about Galway. I suppose it'd be rude not to cross over the other side of the the Irish Sea with such good racing. I suppose on at Goodwood, uh, Thomas, you might want to tune out for a while back to the flat racing. But um, no, listen, uh, the Sussex Stakes is on on Wednesday. Uh, the 3.15 at uh, Glorious Goodwood. Uh, it's a cra- it's, listen, it's a, it's a cracking cracking lineup. A lineup of seven. Uh, Siskin is, is, is your nine to four favourite. The seven runners, I'll give you lads an opening show. Siskin nine to four. Uh, Mohaher, I think I can pronounce that right. Uh, 11 to four. Camaco, four to one. Wichita, um, five to one. Circus Maximus, uh, the old warrior, 13 to two. Vatican City, 14 to one. Ronan, we'll, we'll, we'll come to you on this one. Um, Siskin, what did you make of his, his, his Guinea's performance, uh, first of all? Because I know at the time it was it was talked up and, and, and the ride, obviously, with Colin Keane up against the rail and, 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 and the manoeuvre, he had to come and win. The form on the face of it hasn't worked out as strong as, as, as maybe we first thought. Yeah, maybe not. Yeah, but I'm not sure if it was all that. Everyone, uh, it was all that good of a guineas beforehand. With anyway, you know, he was much the best on the day, Barry. I suppose you have to say. Um, but you could, like, I mean, you can make a case that Lope Fernandez ran quite well in in the. Uh, no, he was disappointing, wasn't he? He he ran disappointing thing, but he ran well again after that. Uh, Lope yeah. Fernandez. Trying to think now. He 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 ran poorly in the Commonwealth Cup. Then ran. They run in They ran in France, did he? France, yeah. I saw a mile distance. Hard to know really. Um, but when you when when Siskin ran as well as he did, or won as well as he did, you know he's he's every right to be favoured for a race like this. You know, um, I have to say, I do think there's a huge discrepancy in in the uh, in the odds here, and it's between Mohatter and Circus Maximus. I just can't see why why is Mohatter nearly uh, more than half the price of Circus Maximus. 
who's a, a, a more a, a way more fledged kind of career having won group ones over a mile already when Mohacker is literally all he has is that impressive win in the summer mile last time and people are talking about his his unlucky run in the Queen Anne he was he finished seventh you know he was he's a good four or five lengths away from Circus Maximus that day and yet he'll line up here off off level weights with Circus Maximus and um is 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 more than half the price. I I think Circus Maximus is one of those horses that people kind of underrate, possibly because he only gets things done, possibly because he only he wears headgear, and 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 things like that. But he he only he only just manages to win by half a length when he does. But when he gets beaten, he's not far away either. And he was second in this race last year, too darn hot. And he was only beaten half a length, so you know he goes around the course as well. I just think if you are like you are questioning the form there, Barry Siskin, and I, I kind of agree with you as well. You you do have the right to ask: is 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 the form as good as it's made out to be? Cameco obviously coming back from the Derby as well, but there's not much between Cameco and Wichita as well. You you could make a case to say that this trio of form is much of a muchness, and they're all quite close to each other. And in that case, I think Circus Maximus is possibly the one to beat here. I definitely have him. You know, if not the same price as Mahar, shorter than Mohatter. Um, and at around 15 to 2, I think, you can get 7 to 1, I even saw, um, is freely available. I thought he was a, a huge, huge price for, for the Sussex. Yeah, of course, you were, you, were, you were pretty bullish, of course, about Circus Maxis heading into Ascot. And we spoke with Mahar. He seems, Mahar seems like the, the type of horse that... I wasn't sure going into Ascot whether he would get the mile, and he just seems like the sort of horse that he needs everything kind of to go his way. Um, and obviously, it's a, it's a small. It probably will be um, a, a generous pace here. You wonder where the pace is going to come from. Are they going to are they going to maybe bounce Vatican City out? Circus Maxis obviously is is the hardy the hardy type that, that that will you know if he's if he's up with the pace he, he, he he's he's definitely going to try his heart out. Um, if you look at Siskin, obviously he's. He's getting, you know, he's getting, he's get, he's getting eight pounds from 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 Mahar and and Circus Maximus with the, the allowance. But I I personally couldn't have Cameco anywhere coming back in trip. His campaign has been, you know, they've campaigning for the Derby, and it just would be a worry coming back to a mile here. The one I thought was interesting was 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 Wichita, and he's coming for support. He's not the choice of 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 of, of Ryan Moore, but of course an able replacement in in, in Frankie the Tory. Yeah, look, I, I I thought he ran a, a solid race. I think back on, obviously on, on real good ground here um, at Goodwood. I think the track would probably suit him as well a lot better. I thought he ran a, a very good race, obviously in the Guineas, and probably just got a bit tired. And of the three-year-olds here, and he is my selection for the race. I think Wichita five to one. I'd be willing to give him, I suppose, a, a, another go. Thomas, had you thoughts? Just, well, I was just going to ask the two of you as a question. Would you have thought that the English Guineas? Would be stronger form than the Irish Guineas. Looking at Pinatou, yes. what he's gone and he went on to France. And I think I think, it, I think it probably is stronger form. That's yeah. But then there's probably more of a depth to it. But you'd say Siskin was, you know, put Siskin into the English Guineas, and does Siskin win the English Guineas? Was the English Guineas a bit more of a test, though? Was it like Cameco did outstay the rest of them that day? For me, anyway. Do you know, mm-hmm. he grinded it out to the line where Pinatubo mightn't have just seen out the mile. Um You're a big chemical fan, aren't you, Tom? Yeah, like I know you're saying he was he was aimed then at the Derby, but like if you have a horse that's won the guineas, of course like Andrew Ballin and of course you're gonna say, Well I wonder can I do 
you know, it's it's one of the better trials for a thing. They've had a go. Um, probably, yeah, in hindsight, he I wouldn't say he didn't stay. Like he the race was a funny race. Probably ten furlongs would be his optimum trip, I'd imagine. But um I still don't think you could you could disregard him in, in, in this in this race, especially getting the line. But I, I, I do like Wichita as well. Um I wonder did uh, Ryan have a choice as well? Because didn't Frankie ride him in the the English guineas as well, and all and all the money came for him on the day as well. So maybe they're maybe they're they're leaving Frankie up on a board aboard him. Um, look, it's a great race. I'd love I'd, I'd love to see Siskin win. Um, for Jar Lyons and Colin Keane, especially with Colin going taking his two week quarantine ban after it. So um, yeah, you know um, difficult difficult decision, especially when he's going so well over here. But maybe Shane Foley has a run on him on the jockeys championship as it is and he's maybe saying okay um but look as he says it's not group it's not group one horses he's riding every day of the week um and obviously he, he holds a, a special place in his heart so um look it's a great race i i, I personally i'd love to see just on that decision i was actually surprised I, I don't know why maybe maybe lads probably i was surprised because speaking to colin early in the season his main focus did seem to be um when we asked him about you know he was he was touted with jobs abroad and even riding in England more. And obviously with the COVID, it, 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 it makes things a lot different now with, with the quarantine. But but he did say that, you know, his, his main goal was uh, the Irish uh, Jockeys Jockeys Championship to, 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 re- to regain that. So I, I have to say I was surprised, but wish him best of luck. But go on. Yeah. I know, like, exactly. Look, as I said, we like to see the Mead men flying the flag. So uh, <laughs> we'd be hoping there. Uh, they can do it there on Wednesday as well. Can't rely on the footballers anyway, Thomas and Porsche. No, definitely not. Are we lucky we're not having a bad summer? There's no football to be called. <laughs> uh, Thursday, the at Goodwood, obviously, the, the 3.15, the Nassau Stakes, uh, Group 1 for Phillies over a mile and two. And, lads, Nazif is, 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 is quite something, isn't she? She, You know, she's unbeaten in five runs now, Ronan. She really stepped up to the plate the last day. And... This this doesn't look the strongest renewal either, and uh, well, at, at the prices obviously has support come for her, but I, I thought she would be difficult to beat. This. Yeah, I agree with you. It's not a race now of a huge uh, betting kind of point of view on, but it's another good race. It's another kind of classy four-year-old who's, who's kind of coming through the ranks, like, uh, and then you have Fancy Blue, who is probably you know the strongest three-year-old filly form, <laughs> having beaten Alpine Star. And peaceful, so beating the Coronation Stakes winner and the uh, Irish Guineas winner uh, over in France. So it's a very good race. I mean, in uh, Hamdan Al Maktoum has a huge, uh, a really big, um, or a really good book of rides this week, and he has Tall Keel in there as well, which is interesting. And my old friend Magic Wand, I'm a big fan of, I would love to see her run well. And you have Deirdre in there as well, which was obviously one of the stories of the season last year. Uh, if you put a gun to my head, I think Fancy Blue with the allowance. If you look at Coolmore's um, record in this race with three-year-olds, especially the likes of Winter Minding and Legatissimo, who is obviously trained by David Watchman and obviously Dunica O'Brien trains Fancy Blue, but it's it's basically Coolmore they're all under the same banner. Um, I think Fancy Blue this uh, ten furlong trip should see out quite well at Goodwood and uh, that would probably be my vote but another race that I have a huge betting opinion on yeah, we mentioned we mentioned the battle at home and home side between Colin Keane and and Shane Foley 
Um, Colin, of course, takes the ride on one vice um, here for, for Jessica Harrington. It looks like she is going to line up. Um, wasn't Shane's best moment, I have to say, at the Curra on one vice the last time, Thomas Kyle. I'm not sure if you saw that, but she looked progressive and she obviously has a lot to find at the ratings here. But could she could she run could she run a big race? I mean, she I did think that you know she she'd absolutely know where to go. Um, the, the, the last day, and I did quite fancy her at the Curra. Yeah, no, definitely, I'd agree. And um, the race before that, like she she's beaten Snow snug enough at the line, who's a who's a decent benchmark for this. Um, definitely would have to have a chance. The way Jesse's horses are running, she's obviously not sending her over for nothing. And um, she's lucky as well that Colin has decided Goodwood is this, and it's. Uh, it's a great substitute jockey to be getting. Um, just Ronan's horse, Magic Wand, like she'd have to be there thereabouts on her last run. Like she, I know Enable was beaten, but she she got to within two lengths of her that day. And it was second, so that that has to be strong form. Um, to be honest, I don't know a whole lot about the favourite. Um, so I don't. Um, but um, Fancy Blue was Dunica's first Grade One winner in France as well. Um. The only thing is a lot of travelling over and back maybe for a three-year-old filly like she was she was second in the, the guineas over here as well wasn't she so like she's had well the form of that race in France as well of course you know with Alpine Star was you know so it's, it's, you know, it's she's she's decent and um, as Rowan said Deirdre last year was great but she hasn't quite hit the heights this year um, for the Japan connections and Oshin Murphy but um, no if I was to pick one I actually might go with uh, Magic Wand just on her her uh, two lengths when she was four, uh, two lengths behind the navel. Um, form like that is hard to come by, so she might be at a price, a, a better bet. Interesting. Lads, it's come to the time where we decide where our nap and our NB uh, for the week. You can have it, you can have it Galway, you can have it at, at Glorious Goodwood, you can have it in Leperstown on Friday, maybe Thomas, if you want, because Giselle, I know, is, is entered up to go at Leperstown. But uh, Thomas, we'll come to you first. Um, well, look, um, I wouldn't nap her now, but just when you mentioned Giselle, look, she ran well on, uh, she ran well there on Saturday. She probably got a bit further back than was ideal, um, from the break, but she stayed on well. Um, I disregard her first run of the year because she got, she got murdered at two bends. So that was, that was probably her comeback run for us. She's beaten six lengths and she'd ran all the way to the line. Um, we have her in a mile and a half made and she stepped up two furlongs. On Friday, so look, she seems great. She seems to go out order, so uh, we'd be hoping for a good run. I wouldn't be napping now, our next best in her hand, but we'd be hoping the horses seem the horse at home just weren't right for maybe six or eight weeks there, and the last two runners have seen it out. So um, look, they seem to be coming back into form. The horse last week was six there in the chase in uh, Tipperary as well, and it was good to see him finishing out his race because the other horses weren't, but. Um, Back to naps and uh, next best my nap is going to be. <laughs> I, I like I like Aramax just um at twelve to one um just the fact that he's he's getting his weight allowance as a four year old and he's had the hustle and bustle of the boodles, um so I'm gonna put him up and my next best is if Rock Road runs he, he I'd expect him to win he's probably entered a few times but I see he's in Friday so if he runs he I'd expect him to win. Bullish from, from from Thomas Kyle. Yeah, you don't want Chris Timmons ringing you up after the podcast, putting up uh, Giselle on Friday. <laughs> Ronan Groom, what is your nap and MB? 
Uh, Nap uh, is a Circus Maximus at Goodwood. I think seven to one is uh, very big about him. I, th- I think that definitely underrates his chance. He was second in the race last year, and I know he has to give eight pounds away, but I'm just not a hundred percent sure on the, the three-year-old form. This is their big, big test, I guess. Up, open, open, up, facing their elder horses, and uh, uh, we'll find out on Wednesday. But I just think seven to one is a big price about him. My next best, I think, I'll go with. Watch out for Saint Alan later in the race. I don't know what race if he does come over. I don't know what race he's going to go for, but I do think he's very interesting. But of the of the declarations we have now, I think Spyglass Hill at uh, around fourteen to one, or even sixteen to one, with some bookmakers. Uh, it's very interesting for Henry Bromhead and Rachel Blackmore in the Galway flesh. Brilliant stuff. I shall go at early doors. Things takes more or less all the boxes needed for, for a runner coming in for JP McManus. Just looks to be set up for that big gamble for, for, for JP. Eight to one, I think. I'll nap that each way. Um, uh, that's, that, that's early doors. And from an MB, I'll head over to Goodwood. And I, I, I really do like the chances of Wichita. I'll give him one more go here. I think the three-year-old farm with Pinatubo on Palace Pier, um, I think he's been consistent this year. I think there is a big one in him. And I think five to one with Dottori up is 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 a good price. So um it's a good chance. So five to one, I will NB him. But that concludes, listen, lads, our Galway um festival preview. Ronald Groom, I don't know, have you any, I suppose, plans to, to watch the, the Galway pitcher? Probably in work, are you? I'll be at home here and work. No, I'm off on uh, I'm off on Thursday, so I watch the hurdle at home. And uh, on uh, it's, our, it's all evening meetings this week anyway, so it's nice you can watch it. Um, so would, yeah, would, 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 would this usually be your week off work up to Galway into the rest? I do, yeah, I do. I love it. I have to say, I I just love the atmosphere. People, I I used to say it to the lads I used to work with over in London for the Racing Post. They used to not think, Jesus, what is Galway? Why does everyone go on about this? And I don't know. <laughs> The racing is never, it's not as good as Punchstown or Fairy House or uh, Cheltenham even, but, you know, I don't know, it's a great atmosphere down there, so uh, we, 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 television. we can't leave you without your best Galway moment of all time. <laughs> Putting you on the spot. My, I, 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 I go first. There was a horse of uh, Michael Halford's called Hassanor. It won three on the bounce one summer, but it won first. Uh, it won his first handicap, uh, Shane Foley on top. It was in. It was actually in the. I think it was in the mile. Or it was in a mile mile handicap, and he was drawn. Lovely. Um, I think he was drawn three or four. Sat in handy the whole way around. It was a was perfect ride from Shane Foley, and when the, when the money when when the money's on, it makes it all the more sweeter. Go on, give us your best yeah. goal of the moment. It's funny you should say because it's you've picked out a random horse in a random handicap, and I'm just saying we we bought all backed a horse called Chuck Newa one year. And everyone was on it, and we must have backed five winners that day. And he won. He was six to four. <laughs> Pat's won the riding for Dermot Weld in a handicap. You know, no right to be six to four, but everyone was on it. And uh, it's just funny those moments in Galway. You always remember like the the crack and uh, there's something the about the, lads, the, the, uh, there's, there's something about there's something about the bumper as well because I remember I remember back in Hassaner we all had him. I think he was he was a nice enough price. I think he was ten to one in the morning. He might have been backed into sevens. And um, a couple, myself and a couple of mates were on, but uh, I, I, it was it was it was it was the shark handling that got the credit, and his was an even money shot in the bumper because we we had, we were doing so well and we ploughed into shark, which is not a sensible thing to do. But uh, <laughs> um, yeah, I, I, I have a great one for you. Um, Eddie Eddie Colley's first ever runner was a winner at the Galway Festival, backed in from thirty three to one into seven to one. Um, it used to be, do you remember, it used to be an amateur handicap hurdle on the Friday evening. And Alan yeah. Crow rode the horse for us. 
um, and he won by a nostril. Uh, it was absolutely that was Friday evening I think I think I was like 16, 17 I think I got home Monday morning my mother was like where have you been and uh, yeah so it was um, there was a lot of champagne and things going around but um, yeah that was that was one of my one of my memories and lucky enough I, I actually rode two or three thirds around there I was third on a horse called Molly's Boy in Sadler's Last around there so God, it was always a good little track to us that's Sadler's last in the background now, Tom. Come on. No, no, that's, she's, she's a bit smaller than that. She wouldn't jump fences either. <laughs> oh, the memories. There's, some, there's just something about Galway, lads. But listen, that concludes the podcast for this week. Um, if you're not subscribed to the channel, please do below because there's more content, obviously, every week coming your way on the Champ of the Podcast. Give the video a like and we shall see you and talk to you next week.